Before we begin the episode, we want to give a content warning for hate crimes and 9-11. Hi, I'm Angela Zhao. Hi, I'm Sarah Kim, and you're listening to 1790. Thank you for everyone who listened to our first episode. Please keep the reviews and ratings coming. And as always, if you have suggestions, please feel free to contact us. In our second episode, we are going to talk about the life of Dalit Singh Sand, who was the first Asian American, Sikh American, and Indian American to become elected to Congress more specifically, the House of Representatives. He is still the only Sikh American ever to have served in Congress. Sikhism is a religion that originated in the Punjab region of South Asia, but has millions of followers globally. In the U.S. today, there are 700,000 Sikhs. In this episode, we will talk about the history of Sikh Americans and the particular challenges that Sikh Americans face today. But for right now, Let's get into the life of Dalit Singh Sand. Like we said, Sand was the first Asian to be elected to the United States Congress in 1965 for the 29th California District, which is the Riverside and Imperial Counties. He was born in 1899 in a village in Punjab province, India, and his family was involved with Sikh reformism and activism. Sand graduated from the University of Punjab with a bachelor's degree in mathematics, he then wanted to go to the U.S. to study the country's canning industry and then return to India to begin the industry in his home country. He went on to study at the College of Agriculture at the University of California, Berkeley. Sand wrote in his autobiography that when he was in line at Ellis Island to have his passport examined, an inspector told him, you are now a free man in a free country. At Berkeley, he lived in a clubhouse owned by a Sikh temple group in Stockton. Most of the people living in this clubhouse were agricultural laborers during World War I. Sand also became a member of the Hindustani Association of America, whose headquarters were in Berkeley. He was later elected the Hindustani Association of America's national president. At that time, the term Hindu was used to mean all peoples of South Asian descent. After having such close contact with laborers and immigrants throughout his life and career, Sand became a staunch advocate for civil and immigrant rights. For example, he advocated for naturalization of South Asian immigrants and helped to pass the Loose Seller Act of 1946, which got rid of enacted quotas for Indians and Filipinos to immigrate to the U.S. and subsequently granted naturalization rights to Indians and Filipinos. Sand himself became a U.S. citizen on December 16, 1949, as a result of the law he helped to pass. In 1950, he was elected as a judge of peace for Westmoreland, California. He won, but a lawsuit against Sand in a court decision nulled the election because he had not been a citizen for the required year since he had only become a citizen the year before. However, in 1952, he was elected for the same position. During his campaign for judge, although ultimately successful, he still faced challenges that he wasn't American enough. Before election day, in a restaurant, a man went up to Sand and said, Doc, tell us, if you're elected, will you furnish the turbans or will we have to buy them ourselves in order to come into your court? Sand replied, My friend, you know me for a tolerant man. 
I don't care what a man has on top of his head. All I'm interested in is what he's got inside of it. Five years later, in November 1955, he announced his campaign to run for House of Representatives as a Democrat for the 29th District of California. His opponent in the Democratic Party, Carl Kegley, attacked Son for being foreign-born and produced campaign ads that emphasized his Indian background. Son's opponent also attempted to disqualify him on the technicality that he had not been a citizen for seven years before running for office. Nevertheless, the California Supreme Court rejected this attempt, declaring that only the House itself could evaluate a candidate's qualifications. Soon after, Sand won the Democratic primary. His campaign attracted nationwide attention, as he was the first Native Indian person to run for a high office. You would think that, Though this kind of behavior from political campaigns is unacceptable, it seems to fit in with the homogenization of American culture in the 1950s and an increasing fear of people of color. Keep in mind that this was the age of McCarthyism and the Second Red Scare. But even today, people of color are still constantly being criticized for not being American enough when they run for representative positions. Just think about how incessant the alt-right has been about Obama's real birthplace. Politicians of color today are being targeted as foreigners, just like they were during the peak of xenophobia during McCarthyism. And especially with Asian Americans, a lack of patriotism is always assumed, and even sometimes escalates to the accusations of Asian Americans committing espionage for foreign countries. It has stunted the ability for Asian Americans to take public offices back when Sand was around and continues to today. So, back to Sand's race for Congress. In the general election, his Republican opponent, Jacqueline Odlum, also attacked Sand's foreign-born status and said that he would be a setback to the district for lack of support for the Republican president, Dwight Eisenhower. However, during a debate, Son said that he was in favor of Eisenhower's position on immigration law and other issues while she opposed them. Also, having been a farmer for decades, he won the majority vote of the farming community in his district. He had what you would call typically liberal views, supporting civil rights legislation, greater subsidies for farmers, and was critical of U.S. military involvement in Vietnam even before the Vietnam War started. He won the election by 3,300 votes out of 115,000 votes cast. He went on to serve Congress for six more years. Let's just take a moment to appreciate that Dalip Singh San was an Asian American who was elected to Congress in the 50s. To put that in perspective, Indian Americans, like San, didn't even get the right to vote until 1946. Some Asian Americans, such as Chinese Americans, couldn't even vote when San was elected to office, and other ethnic groups under the AAPI umbrella, and of course, other people of color couldn't even vote until the passage of the 1965 Voting Rights Act. And of course, while San could be considered mainstream politics as he was elected to Congress, other Asian American activists did exist who were fighting building people power like Grace Lee Boggs and Yuri Kochiyama. Whereas Sikh Americans like Sand were excluded from the political realm due to their Asian American status, today we see Sikh Americans facing an additional layer of discrimination. 
They are the victims of post 9-11 Islamophobia and have been targeted in anti-terrorist policies since a lot of Sikh men wear turbans, even though Sikhism and Islam are two different religions. Sikh Americans, and obviously Muslim Americans, have been the target of many hate crimes since 9-11. Balbir Singh Saudi, a Sikh American, was the first victim of a post-9-11 hate crime. He was shot and killed. On August 5, 2012, six Sikh Americans were killed at the Sikh Temple in Oak Creek, Wisconsin. This was the most fatal attack on an American house of worship since the bombing of the 16th Street Baptist Church in Birmingham, Alabama in 1963. And the list goes on and on. Islamophobia affects brown people disproportionately, no matter your religious affiliation. Also, anyone, regardless of their race, can identify with any religion, and we should not assume that race implies religion or religion implies race. So we wanted to highlight Dalip Singh San on today's episode for a couple of reasons. One, because he is an icon for Indian Americans and Sikh Americans, and a maverick for Asian Americans in public service. We also wanted to highlight him because of the difficulties that Asian Americans face in terms of being discredited as foreign or non-citizens, no matter what our legal documents say, and the continuation of this discrimination for decades of years that still bleeds into today. Lastly, Sikh Americans are widely misunderstood in terms of their religious and ethnic identity, and this lack of awareness by the public has harmed not only the Sikh community, but other religious and ethnic groups. When one group is hurt, it almost always harms other groups, who are connected and thus affected by a common oppression of minorities in the U.S. And that's it for today's episode. Thanks so much for listening. As we said in the beginning, we'd love to hear your thoughts about this episode. Our email is 1790innumberspodcast at gmail.com. You've been listening to 1790, the Asian American and Pacific Islander History Podcast. I'm Sarah Kim. And I'm Angela Zhao. And we'll see you next time.